that night. You should repent and come. <laughs> Record the thing. <laughs> Amen. If you brought your Bible with you today, uh, go ahead and uh, get that out. If you have a Bible app on your phone, if you're new to church and don't have either, uh, you probably have a phone. I'm going to prophesy you probably have a phone. <laughs> uh, you're welcome to try to look these up uh, on different Bible apps and sites. And uh, turn with me, if you would, to the book of John, chapter 17. John, the 17th chapter. Uh, I want to jump back into a series after missing a a bit, but I I started a series this year called Beloved. And uh, and if you missed any of the previous sessions, I taught for four weeks how much God loves you. You Say, did it really take four weeks to say that? It takes longer. <laughs> it take. I mean, we could probably be on it all year, and and we wouldn't exhaust it. I don't think. I don't think we fully comprehend and can wrap our minds around how much God loves us. And uh, but what we can do is put our minds on it and read the scriptures like we have been doing, and give attention to it and ask the Lord to reveal Himself to us. Because you will find out that He is a God of love. And it's not just a random, you know, love without an object. You are the object of His affection. You are one that He loves. And it's beyond what you've ever experienced in human, in human life. More than anyone has ever loved you. If, if, if more than everyone put together. and <laughs> Times it, times eternity. And there's God and how he thinks about you. In John 17, Jesus was praying. uh, Verse 23, he says, I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Now, of course, we know Jesus was exceedingly lovable. He was he did all things well, and he, he never blew it at all. He, so he was very love, lovable, desirable. But he said in his prayer, the world needs to know that you love these guys just as much as you love me. Amen. Say it out loud with me. Say, I know that God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. Amen. That's true. It's, so I, can't, I, can't, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I can, I can receive that. Take it by faith. Amen. Just take it by faith. Start to say it. You love me just as much as you love Jesus. And, and watch what happens when the Spirit of God takes a hold of that word inside of you and makes it go off. The reality uh, of God's love for us is of preeminent importance for all. Uh, this is the starting place. It's the central theme of the Bible. It's the reason God sent His only begotten Son. I have read a decent amount of stories of individuals who have been to heaven and back, some through vision, some through, you know, death or what they call near-death experience. And one of the most outstanding uh, characteristics, one of the most consistently uh, conveyed experiences in that has to do with God's love. People all come back saying, He loves us. His love is overwhelming. His love is just everywhere. It saturates your being. And they all express it in different ways. But it's it's almost like they can't put words to it. It's so big. This is our future. 
If you're a believer, you're going to live in the love of God for eternity. It will surround you and wrap you up and keep you safe. But we can live in this love today. We are told to abide in His love. In fact, um, if you want to be a better lover, you should abide in the Father's love for you. Uh, People who are unable to or do not know how much God loves them are often unable to give that love and share that love with other people. They, they struggle to show it. Say, well, I struggle to show love. Then take a bath in God's love. Amen. Surround your mentality with His love for you, and it'll start becoming natural. All right? This is one of the ways the, the Apostle Paul prayed for the early church, and by extension for you and me. One of his prayers, Ephesians chapter 3, is that we would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That's your prayer? See, they're already saved, they're already going to heaven, but he says, Father, they need to know your love. That, he went on to say, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I think most of us, if we have any inkling of what God is like and what he's about, uh, you know, his power, his wisdom, his strength, his ability, his everything he is to say the fullness of him is available to me. It's like, sign me up. Yeah, pour all that stuff into me. <laughs> pour all, but, the, the, but what Paul prayed there, he, he, he tied the fullness of God to a revelation of his love. So maybe instead of, said, Lord, instead of saying, Lord, give me more, give me more, give me more, show me more, show me more, show me your love. Help me to comprehend this amazing love of Christ that you have for me. Now, once I've received that, it's like my container is is prepped to receive everything God wants to do in my life. But if I don't have the love, it's like I don't have the container yet. It's like, hey, I've got a refill for you. Where's your glass? I mean, no, you don't have a glass. You can't get any more. Hallelujah. All right, Uh, and so uh, these things are all tied together. Now, since God is love, we've read that in in the Scriptures, He is love, we can learn love, and we can learn God. (laughs) We can understand love by His interaction with us. Okay, if I want to understand what love is, well, how does God treat me? How does He relate to me? What kind of things does he say to me? What kind of things does he do in my life? If he does something that I don't want, I should understand where that direction is coming from. It's coming from love. It's coming from a heart of love. God's not telling you to do something because he's ticked off at you. He's not telling you to live a certain way or say certain things because he is unhappy, but because he is love, right? So so does the Lord ever have us do things or want us to act in such a way that's inconsistent with our desire? Yes, but where's it coming from? It's coming from love. And if I understand that, I'll be more likely to submit to his will. And follow his plan. It's not a bad God pushing me around. He's a good, good father that is ordering my steps. What do I mean by that is he he gives us orders that we don't necessarily want to follow. I don't want to do that. Remember where it's coming from. It's coming from love. Okay, he directs us to give something away. 
that we had other plans for. But where's it coming from? It's coming from love. Do you remember the, the, the account of Jesus and his conversation with the rich young ruler? Mark chapter 10 is an account of that. And, and Jesus told that rich young ruler, pretty, pretty tough command, pretty tough directive there. He said, sell everything. He was very wealthy. Sell everything and come follow me. Do you know what, it, what, what, what one phrase in that, in that account that's always jumped out at me? It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And then he told him that. He's not ticked off at the guy. Ah, oh, you're just all so materialistic putting your trust in things. He looked at him and loved the guy before he gave him a strong word, a strong direction. All right? If you get a strong direction from the Lord, what's he, what's he doing it from? What's, what's the motive? He, he's looking at you and loving you, saying this is exactly what will save their life. This is exactly what they need. Everybody okay? Is, sometimes our hard things necessary i've had different individuals tell me over the years that have come out of prison that said to have said i am thankful to god that i went there you are i wouldn't be <laughs> but here's the reasoning they said if i hadn't gotten caught gotten in trouble i'd be dead i would i was going on such a destructive path my life would have been over and they'd have been you know lost for eternity very likely and, uh, and they say, I'm thankful for that to happen. So you understand when you see the whole picture why some of these things are necessary. Amen. And so I want to begin to share some truths about God and about His love for us that will help us to understand where He's coming from. All right. I, I mentioned to you before that love is not all hugs and ice cream cones. It definitely includes hugs and ice cream cones. But it is not limited to that type of gesture toward us. All right? And so let, let me give you a, a few items, at least a few items today. Uh, when I call these, they are the love does nots. Love does not, and I'll give you a few things to consider and, 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 and meditate on today so that you can have a close relationship with the Father who loves you. Love does not, number one, always agree love does not always agree to have the mentality that if God loves me then whatever I want to do whatever I think about whatever I decide he's just like that was wonderful go ahead do it go ahead I'm, I'm in your corner I've got your back whatever you want to do no it depends on what you want to do it depends on what you are planning to do with your life. Sometimes we want wrong things. Have you, have you ever been there? I mean, the closer we're walking with the Lord, the less that's true. The more we have a prayer life every day, the more we're in church like this, and we, we think His thoughts, and we're, our motive is right, the, the less that's true. But sometimes I want things that I shouldn't want. What do I want God to do towards me in that regard? Just to be all, oh yeah, whatever you want. No, I want him to interrupt me sometimes. I want him, if it's wrong, I want him to disagree with me. Okay? Uh, you know, Proverbs chapter 20, I have a number of verses, but I'm going to blow through them, so you might want to write, the, write these things down and, and do the best you can. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 6 reads, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. 
Isn't that an interesting verse? You think, well, love and a kiss, they certainly go together. (laughs) Not always. The kisses of an enemy are deceitful. They're deceptive in nature. They're trying to take advantage of you. But that's the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Well, a good friend who really loves you, if they have to do something that actually in the near term causes pain, hurts you, does something that's uncomfortable, if they're a true friend, they'll do it. They'll tell you the truth. They'll, they'll let you know what's really going on. They'll tell it to you straight. And I'm telling you, that's the way our Father is. When we say He loves us, we are His beloved. Yes, and here's one of the things that means. He will shoot you straight. He will talk to you plain and clear and won't always agree with every decision that you want to make. It is necessary for Him to disagree. Amen. Because He's right. Uh, Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 17 Uh, interesting the scripture says here under the law you shall not hate your brother in your heart you shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him this is a commandment you shall surely rebuke your neighbor (laughs) why because that's not hate well i love you just do whatever you want i'm just for you whatever you want no no that's not love Love sometimes will require us to disagree with people. Love requires us to say you're going the wrong direction. And so he said you shall not do that, but shall surely rebuke your neighbor. I don't want God to be a yes man to me. Just whatever I think. I need him to tell me the truth even if it's uncomfortable. Or I say even if it wounds in the, in the, in the interim there. Now, obviously, we're not talking about the promises. Some would say, oh, yeah, I knew it. Sometimes God just tells you no. Well, it depends on what you're asking him. If you're asking him, you know, should I rob the bank? (laughs) No. Or should I move to a different state? I don't know the answer to that, but it could be no. Could be yes, could be no. When it comes to his promises, what's the answer to those? Well, that's always yes. He's never going to tell you no concerning something Jesus died for, something He has promised you in His Word. His answer is never no in that regard. But there are other times we absolutely need to hear that. I mean, I, I can remember I, there are different trends that go around in, in parenting and different things. And uh, I remember someone came to me a couple of years ago and they were talking about their child. And they said, well, the reason she's doing so well is because we never say no to her. And, uh, and I don't know if I, my body language reacted at all, but I, I just thought, oh. But in the inside, I thought, yikes. Never? You don't ever? Because, because their idea was that's a negative. You don't want to, you know, kind of hinder their creativity and that. No. Some kids, their middle name should be no. <laughs> right? It doesn't mean, uh, and there should be a whole lot of yeses as well, but they need instruction, right? They need correction, and and here's the truth, it's not only kids that need it. Sometimes I need it. I need the Lord to say, uh-uh, don't do that, no, you're going the wrong way, you're doing the wrong thing there, stop that. And so I don't want love to think that love just always agrees with me. Here's another one, uh, love does not withhold warnings. Love does not withhold Warnings. Love, in other words, love will warn you. Will, the, will God then, as love, warn us? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Let me give you three verses. 1 Corinthians 4.14. Paul writes, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. As what kind of children? Well, that kind of fits our subject. He tied a warning to them with his love for them. If we truly love, we warn of impending harm, danger, or outcomes of current direction and behavior and thought patterns. Love will warn people. And God who is love and who loves us will warn us if we're going the wrong way. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1 and verse 28. Him we preach, that's Jesus, we preach Jesus, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. If someone wants to end up perfect in Christ Jesus, complete in Him, what do they need? Warnings. They sometimes need to be warned. All right. Is anybody open to, to warnings? It ought to be. You ever, whenever you pray, do you, do you, what, what kind of words do you look for? Well, be open to anything the Lord would say that's consistent with His Word, but know this is one of the things He will tell you. Know this is one of the things. Sometimes if someone's in a, there are times when people are in a dating relationship. Singles are dating. And every time they pray, there's a warning. There's a warning. So why would the Lord warn someone in that? Well, because He knows the future. And He knows people inside and out. And if, I say if, if they're about to get into a bad situation, if they're about to make a bad decision, if you're paying attention to the Lord, He'll be yelling at you. You know what I mean by yelling at you. Hey, hey, slow down. Whoa, whoa. This is not what you think it is. This is not going to turn out well. Amen. And He can look a year down the road. He can look five years down the road. But people, sometimes if we're just, you know, all wrapped up in our own desires, this is what I want, this is what I see, I feel good about this. You feel good about it? Drugs will make you feel good too. There's a lot of things that will make you feel good. We need to learn to receive a message from love himself. Sometimes that message is, no, watch out, watch out, warning, bridge out ahead. (laughs) Okay, so that's, that's Jesus. Preaching Jesus is, is warning everyone. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. But if someone is unruly, they should be warned. You're going down the wrong path, buddy. This is the wrong thing. And so love will do this. It's not comfortable, but it is His love towards us. When we see someone doing things that will hurt them, and we don't say anything, would that be love? I think that's love of self. If I see you making a a decision that's totally going to bring harm into your life, and I don't say anything, who do I love? I love me. Why? Because that's uncomfortable, and he might not accept it, might, might think I have ulterior motives, might think less of me, I might be rejected, and so often my love for myself to avoid the confrontation and potential rejection keeps me from walking in love towards other people. 
But here's the, here's the deal. God's love for us, he, he will risk that. Let me say it this way. Think about that. Does God ever risk rejection? This, by His very standards, by His very plan of salvation, by His inclusivity of saying that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by Him, or Jesus said, but by me, what's He, what's he risking there? Oh, you're saying Jesus is the only way. Well, I can't accept that. Well, He just got rejected. And He risks rejection. He will risk it with you and me. By saying something we may not want to hear at the moment, but we need to hear. It's love that will tell us the truth so that we can be spared, so that we can be helped, we can be saved. But there is a potential of us rejecting Him as a result of it. But love will do it anyway. Amen. Love will tell your kids the truth. Now, let me, let me, tell you, say, let me back this up. You can tell the truth in a mean way. And that's not correct either. Scripture says speak the truth in love. But also, if you do love, you do speak the truth. Well, if I tell my kids this, they're going to run off and not break all communication with me. You have to risk that if you love them. Well, I want to just keep the relationship intact. I understand that. I do too. But is that done to the temporary protection of a communication and the long-term suffering of your child? Sometimes we have to tell them because we love them. And we risk the rejection. Everybody okay? I remember telling someone years ago. uh, I won't go through all the details. (laughs) It'll take too long. But basically telling a couple a certain... uh, a certain way that they were doing life, a certain way that they were living. I said, that's wrong. You know that's wrong. If you have a relationship with God, you shouldn't do it that way. That's an, that's an unchristian, ungodly way to approach that. I said, if you'll change, um, then we can move forward and do some things. And if you won't change, then, well, you know, you can do whatever you want to do, but I'm not going to be a part of it. Okay? And, uh, and they let me know that they were going to go a different route and they didn't basically want my involvement anymore in their life. Okay. Did that bug me? Yeah. Bugged me. Years later, they came back and said, uh, we were wrong. And I'm so glad you told us that, even though we didn't receive it at the time. It was right. And I've shared with so many other people the very thing that you told me in that situation, even though I didn't receive it, later on I did. Well, I was glad I was faithful to speak God's Word even though temporarily I was rejected. All right, number three. Now, put your seatbelt on for this one. Because this will be different than the way some people think. Okay? But I want to understand love. Okay? Uh, Number three, love does not accept unconditionally. Love does not accept unconditionally. God is not an all-inclusive person who just accepts all. It got quiet in here, huh? Uh Uh-oh. I want you to understand the way that he thinks, the way that love thinks. Okay, I'll give you a few examples so you can see this is not just a made-up concept. In uh, 1 Samuel 15, 23, speaking to King Saul at the time, the scripture says, he also has rejected you from being king. 
Saul was in the kingship, and he got rejected from being king. Saul rejected by God. Jeremiah 6.30 People will call them rejected silver because the Lord has rejected them. Now someone say, well, the Lord, I, I, don't, I don't think the Lord would reject anyone. Oh, yeah, He would. He has. He does. He will. And He is love. Does that mean He wants to? Oh, no. No, He wants everyone on the inside. He, and J- Jesus said, whoever comes to Him, He will in no way cast out. All right? But do some things and people get uh, rejected. It, it is commonly promoted today that we should accept all beliefs and all preferences and all manner of life, all lifestyles as being equal, as being valid. Uh, and if you do not accept someone's way of thinking, way of living, way of conducting themselves, often you are accused of hate. Just the opposite of your true motive. But you're accused of that to push and to intimidate people into becoming you know, all-inclusive, everything, every way of thinking, every way of living, every, every, every part of life is just all the same, it's equal, and everything's okay. I'm just saying that's not the way love is. Love doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. He doesn't think that way. And so I want to think in line with Him. Let me, let me give you... Well, you, you remember, uh, just a side note, uh, the first offering recorded in the Bible? Cain and Abel. Abel brought his offering. It was good. Cain brought his offering. It was rejected. If you don't understand, how can the, why did the Lord reject Cain's offering? Well, you can read in there in, in Genesis and read the details. But his offering was rejected. Because of that, he ended up killing his brother. So watch out if you ever get mad over the offering. <laughs> Those things happen. Uh, but was God wrong? No. Cain was wrong. And the Lord was trying to get him back on the right path. Trying to get him to do it right. But he resisted that. But he was rege- his first attempt, it was rejected. What, what, what do you do if, you're, if what you're doing, the way you're living is rejected? Well, you can get mad about it and lash out, kill people. Or you can say, Lord, how would you like this done? How should I do this different? That's true. That's submission. That's humility. That's letting God be God instead of making yourself God. How would you like me to do this? How would you like this to be done? Amen. Amen. And so, uh, let me give you these definitions. The word reject is to dismiss as inadequate, inappropriate, or not to one's taste. Accept is to regard favorably or with approval, welcome, pleasing. So there's two different activities, acceptance and rejection. Consider this, uh, in the old covenant, they were given uh, instructions regarding the offerings that they brought to the Lord. The offerings were to cover their sin, allowing the blessing of God to flow into them unhindered. Uh, And they were very specific instructions, in part because what they did with their animal sacrifices were a prophecy, they were a 
a type and shadow of Jesus himself being on the cross. And so some of the instructions were interesting. Leviticus chapter 22, uh, 21, whatever, or, or is it 20? Whatever has a defect, a defect you shall not offer, for it shall not be acceptable on your behalf. So notice the Lord's uh, instruction to them. It wasn't, well, bring any kind of offering you want. Just do it however you want, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you prefer. Bring that, and that'll be just fine. No, the Lord was not that way. Love does not do that. He said, if you bring one with a defect, defect it shall not be acceptable. It, it will not be received. All right? Uh, verse 21, And whoever offers a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill his vow or a free will offering from the cattle or the sheep, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Now we might think, well, the Lord is kind of picky. <laughs> you don't like my calf? My calf's not good enough for you? This is the standard of love. And he says, you're going to do it this way, and this one will work, and this one won't work. Again, what do we do if ever the Lord says, you're doing it the wrong way or you're offering the wrong thing? We say, excuse me, sorry. Uh, Lord, how would you like me to do this? See, that's different than the mentality of many. It's, well, psh, take it or leave it. Well, unfortunately, it's leave it. That's the way, that's the way he is. Now, again... Not all their offerings were accepted by the Lord. And one reason for this is because it's a prophetic picture of Jesus. I mean, no, Jesus was the spotless, sinless, blameless lamb, the final sacrifice on the cross. The reason he could die for your sins and for mine is because we were sinful, but he was sinless. He was blameless. He was the white, spotless, perfect lamb of God. Amen. And that's what it took to qualify to redeem us from destruction. And so, uh, when it comes to people coming before the Lord now, say, this is kind of uh, concerning. Am I accepted by Him or rejected? It totally depends how you come. Doesn't it? Uh, Jesus made these statements. In John six thirty seven. NLT reads, However, those the Father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. That's good news for me. Because I've come to Him. If you come to Him, you can write it down, guarantee you will never be rejected. Yeah. But love, again, does not accept unconditionally. We go to and, and partake and live in His love by saying, God, I'm coming on your terms. I'm coming according to your plan, your methods. You know, in, in Matthew 10, if you're regular here, you hear me reference this passage uh, quite frequently. Matthew 10, verse 32, Jesus says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But... Whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father 
who is in heaven. So, uh, does the Lord ever deny people? According to this, if we fail to acknowledge Him, then He will not acknowledge us. And so, I, I, I need to, 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 to know this. Um, you know, what if a person doesn't come to Him? What if they want heaven but won't confess Jesus? Well, I want to go to heaven, you know, or I believe in God, but this whole receiving Jesus as your Savior thing, I'm not, I don't really want to do that. Okay, that's not, that's not safe territory there. Because love himself said, this is the way. So to receive God's love for my life is to receive God's method, to receive His plan, His route, His strategy, His, his plan of salvation. Our acceptance or rejection by God is completely in our own hands. There is no one who wants Him that will truly be rejected by Him. Praise God. And so, and so understand this about, about walking in God's love, being loved by Him. The more that I know the Father, the more that I know love. The more I see how He interacts with me and with other people, the more I understand what true love really is. If I can see that He relates to me a certain way, I'm going to label that. That's love. Okay, now, in saying that, there are many misconceptions about God. He gets blamed for all kinds of things that He didn't do. And so, you can't attach love the understanding of love to something God gets accused of or gets blamed of through religious tradition and so forth or, or through an experience. Say, well, God killed my child. No, He didn't. I'm not going to call that love because He didn't really do that. Right? So, I mean, He gets blamed for things. That's not love. But what He truly does, anything He truly does, which is defined by this and experienced by us, that is love. And so if it comes to something like uh, warning us, disagreeing with us, rejecting. Now, if you're in Christ, you're already accepted. You understand that? But rejecting certain behavior, certain activity, certain ways of thinking, that is the love of God. Amen? So I want us to have a, a good, full understanding of hugs and kisses and ice cream and and I also want us to understand love on a deeper level, on something that is substantive. It is real. It's powerful. It's life-changing. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. I tell you, there's more.